A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? It's hump day, it's Wednesday, it's uh, five days now to the Super Bowl. I don't know, I'm stoked. Four or five days. I don't know, I'm still shrugging off the uh, I'm still shrugging off the rust from the Pro Bowl. It's five days. Rust? I didn't even know it happened. Yeah, no, it happened on Sunday. I genuinely have not seen a single thing. The only thing I have seen from the Pro Bowl is when, oh God, they introduced the new game. Oh, the skills games. One of the new skills games. That's the only thing I've you seen. You missed like the Kobe Bryant tribute, the game itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not seen any of it. Okay. There's some news relating to it in the news section that I can update you on. News of this podcast? Uh, well, yesterday's podcast. Okay. You can have, well, why don't you update me now? Oh, yeah. The Drew Brees might not be coming back. What? Yeah. Or is that because he got sub, like Russell Wilson let him play? No, no, no. He came out and said he's not 100% sure if he's playing in 2020, but if he does, he'll play for the Saints. Well, that's good news. Talking of being stoked for the Super Bowl, we've got a returning guest. It's not his first. Obviously, he's returning. It's not his second. It's his third time on board. 49ers fan. 49ers. I'm saying that terribly. 49ers. And basically, if the 49ers win on Sunday, it'll be half of the amount of Super Bowls that they've won. What? If they win on Sunday, they win their sixth. So half six is three. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, welcome back, Jacob. <laughs> I, I was trying no to pick up because six about, is man. the leading amount of Super Bowls. Time. Like their tie with New England and Pittsburgh. Oh. With six Super Bowls. So it's that. a big deal. <laughs> Jacob yeah. knew what I meant, right? Yeah, but he's a 49 Yeah, 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 I got you, yeah. <laughs> 
try to bring some culture to this show. And it's it's, to be fair, that's like the third time you've washed culture over my head in the last hour, Murph. So <laughs> it's, it's not new news. Yeah, we were talking about the second and third president of the United States earlier. And you going to drop knowledge? I don't remember it. Oh, okay. I don't remember it. I just know that... Your they... mom tried to teach you something and you've not paid attention. Yeah, I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> sorry, mom. Anyway, Jacob, super 49ers fan. You've got a 49ers podcast now. You're back to talk 49ers as it is Super Bowl week. How are you doing? And obviously, you're traveling out Thursday. You must be pretty excited, right? I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, very excited. A uh, bit nervous. I think the nerves are properly set in come the weekend, maybe when a touchdown in Miami. But right now, just raring to go. Uh, yeah, um, I think I'd be, I know you've got to work half a day tomorrow, but I think I'd be picking up the phone in the morning, although my boss would know I'd be going to the Super Bowl because it's all I would have talked about. And therefore, Yeah, they know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not a good idea. Not a good idea. Don't listen to me. I don't know whether we mentioned it last time or how we even covered it, but how did you come to support the 49ers? So when I started getting into football, I found uh, some NFL merch, funnily enough, in the house. And that came from when I was younger. My dad used to work abroad and his head office was in San Francisco. And so when he would come back, he'd bring me back kind of 49ers themed gifts or San Francisco themed gifts. Some you know, might be San Francisco Giants, some might be 49ers. And so I had some kind of random 49ers stuff. And when I kind of got into into football, I thought, well, that's going to reason I need to, to watch this game instead of any other on a Sunday when there's loads. And so I just watched a random 49ers game and enjoyed it and, and they won. So I kind of I kind of stuck with it, really. And that's that's kind of been it, really, for the past 10 years. Well, it gave you somewhere to start, didn't it? Rather than yeah. just uh, have all this stuff and think, now nah, I'm going to bin that and pick someone else. <laughs> yeah, I very nearly became a Colts fan, actually. I did one of those... You know, there's like, do this quiz online and it'll tell you who to support. <laughs> I did one of them and it told me to support the Colts. And so I nearly did that. But then I ended up going, no, do you know what? I'm going to stick with the Niners stuff because I've got it. And so, yeah, worked out. That, that has given me a great idea for a podcast. That we film that in live on air <laughs> and see what it comes <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, see what you get. Okay, we should do well, that. Well, you need one because you like adopt all the teams, so. Even though you're a Broncos no, fan. Yeah, but I don't feel like I need a team. Yeah, but this will tell you like what to wear. Like each day you could answer the quiz slightly differently. They can tell you <laughs> what gear you can wear, like your hats or t shirts. You let a computer decide your life. That'd be cool. Okay. We'll we'll talk <laughs> about that. We'll talk about it. So what's your favorite story about being a 49ers fan? Oh, that's a good question. It's been some good ones. Obviously, uh, so last, was it two years ago? It will have been now. Well, sort of my very first game as well I ever went to was a Niners game at, at Wembley. It was Niners Jags in, I want to say 2013, maybe. And that was my very first one. And then a couple of years ago, I'm a, I'm a Niners fan and one of my best friends is a Broncos fan. And Whoop. they only play each other, yeah, <laughs> every four years. And we said, look, next time they play each other, let's go. And we kind of put it off and didn't know if we could afford it. And then with about, I think, 10 days to spare, we just said, let's just go do it. And so we kind of got some last minute holiday in and we went across over to to, uh, to San Francisco and Santa Clara, went to Levi's and watched the Niners play the Broncos uh, a couple of years ago. I think it was one of one of the, the 
only four games that the Niners actually won that year. Yeah. And uh, we just had an absolutely, absolutely great time. And that was very much kind of what started the the thing about me doing the world record. I went to that and thought, you know what, I want to do more of this. And that kind of spiraled crazily out of control to, I want to do all of this. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do more. Let's just go for all 31. <laughs> yeah. No mid ground. Yeah. If I'm going to do it, let's do it properly. <laughs> <laughs> So we talked off air about how many hats you've got and you're not sure how many to take, but what other stuff have you got planned to take with you jersey wise or have you got any big flags? One that says the football wanderer maybe that you should definitely hold up, get yourself on telly. <laughs> so I've got a Niners flag, which I bought that time for that in that game against the Broncos actually. So that's definitely coming with me. I've got a couple of Niners jerseys. Uh, as we said beforehand, I'm very tempted to buy the one, the new one that they'll be wearing with the Super Bowl patch. And if I do, it'll certainly be a George Kittle jersey as he's my favourite player. Um, got some other kind of Niners t-shirts. My friend who's coming with me is that Broncos fan, but I said I'd bring him a Niners jersey because he certainly doesn't want the Chiefs to win. So uh, <laughs> that's, that's uh, yeah, I've got my Football Wanderer t-shirt, which I'll probably wear at some point, maybe down Radio Row as opposed to uh, on the actual day. But I haven't got a football under a flag. Maybe need to get one. It's probably a bit late now. <laughs> <laughs> Just the should have brought this up a while ago. So, uh, but yeah, I've got lots of Niners stuff. Don't you worry. There'll be Niners everything. Sick. And then have you got anything else planned for your trip while you're over there? Uh, I've got a couple of things. Yeah. I mean, we arrive Thursday about 4 p.m. And then I think at 7 p.m. is the Around the NFL live show which I'm very excited to go to. I obviously missed a London one because I was out in the States at the time. And so we land with a couple hours to spare. We're going to drop the bags and then go straight to that. Uh, Friday, we're hopefully going to go down uh, Radio Row and stuff. We're also going to go to the Super Bowl experience, which I've heard is good fun. And then on the Saturday, there's some stuff for Sky Sports with kind of the other people that were given tickets by NFL UK. And then there's just a load of people to meet, really. I'm meeting the guy that, I think I told the story last time, how the person who first set the record was in the stadium at the Falcons when I broke the record. Well, he's actually going to be at the Super Bowl. So I'm going to try and meet up with him. Uh, my co- co-host of my 49ers Brawl podcast, he actually lives in Florida. So we're going to try and meet up. So I've got about a million things to do in a couple of days. So... <laughs> Some of it won't get done, but I'm trying to kind of plan it all. So we'll see. Oh, well, best of luck with everything you can try and cram in, man. Yeah, thank you. So obviously, for Fantasy Football Podcast, how'd your fantasy season go this year? I did okay. I was in two leagues. I was in the league, which I always do, which is essentially a league full of my uh, uni American football teammates. So we've had that for, I think this is the sixth year we've had it. And the first four years, I made the final every year and I won two, lost two. The season after that was the first year I ever missed the playoffs. This year, I lost in the semi-finals, And I was very annoyed because you know how it is when you, you lead the league in scoring all year <laughs> and then you just bottle it in the playoffs. That was, that was me this year. And it was one of the few times because I swear the person who leads the league in scoring never finishes first as well in the regular season because of this format. This is the one time it did as well, and I still managed to bottle it. So that wasn't great. And then the other league, uh, I believe, was uh, the Listener League from you guys, which I did. And I think I lost in the first round of the playoffs in that one. I started off terribly 
And then I think I won about five down the stretch right at the end to sneak into the playoffs and then bottled it again. So was that was as far pattern. as the, as far as the sneak went. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, a bit of a pattern here with the bottle job. I think that was the same one we snuck into. I mean, we didn't really yes. deserve to be in and we got beat. Uh, we just didn't didn't do a good job in that one. But Which one was that? What format was that? One point PPR. Yeah, PPR. That was the one with uh, Pitsy's reviews. Oh. Yes. Shout out, Pitsy. Good league. Yeah, I I didn't enjoy it as much as I could have because we could have won it. No, actually, that's not true. I probably enjoyed it as much as any, well, more than any of the others because Pitsy wrote reviews for it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, most of the time he gunned us. Well, we deserved it. I we mean, won. you start started oh, off so poorly and then I don't know how you did t- it. It was like same as me, really. We both managed to turn it around yeah. somehow. Waiver-wise. Yeah. Waiver-wise will always give you a chance. We seem to just get good... We we acquired well off the waiver wire. We picked yeah. up some, some good pieces, but the problem is it's it's not a sustainable strategy. It will tie it, you know for us. It sort of papered over the cracks a bit, got us a few wins, snuck us into the playoffs, and boom, and then yeah, we we bombed out. But we got the one seed, so it wasn't a big shock. I was sort yeah. of doing the projections. I was looking at the teams that we had in the playoffs, and I pretty much wrote that one off on the Thursday. It was like, <laughs> yeah, we're not going to advance here. That's fine. So, Jacob, is your other league PPR as well? It's not. It is standard. And ah, you, uh... so given that it's standard, which one format-wise do you prefer more? I think I like the standard. I'm a standard guy. I don't know why. I don't know what. I don't know if it's just because it was the first one I ever played and I've kind of always done it with that one. This is my first year trying PPR, actually. Um, we've always kind of talked about doing it and then never ended up doing it, but... I liked both. Don't get me wrong, but maybe, maybe you, need to, you need to try half point then, sort of in the middle. I've liked. I've always liked the idea of half point. Actually, I think it's a nice middle ground. So I'm gonna maybe, we'll maybe I'll su- suggest that for next season because I do like standard. But I did enjoy PPR, but, but yeah, if, I don't know what it is. It's something about standard. If your league poo poos the idea of a half point, then we'll throw you in one of our listener leagues. Yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah, I definitely would do another listener league for sure. My issue is always that uh, anytime I do multiple leagues, I end up just concentrating on one. As you only have two. To two. <laughs> <laughs> two leagues. I that was one too many. I <laughs> oh, love it. Absolute purist. I'm only playing one. Yeah, that or I draft the exact same team almost with both of them. And then it's easy when I need to swap someone out because I know I need to swap them out in both teams. I was going to ask you about Dynasty, but I think I already know the answer to that. No, I've never tried. I've I've always kind of wanted to, to be fair. But I think every year in my league, there's uh, I would say two to three people drop out and we've replaced them. So You sound like you're teetering on the edge of fantasy football abyss and you want to dip that toe in, but you're too scared. <laughs> yeah. if, if you want a Dynasty... There is a spot in a league, brand new league, not an orphan team that we have set up. There is oh. a spot with your name on it if you want it. Ooh, okay, okay. I might, I might take you up on that. Nice. I like the idea of it being a new league. It's new. We've just there is absolutely no sharks in it whatsoever. No, <laughs> it's just basically people who listen to this podcast. <laughs> so it's just basically elite fans of the podcast. Yeah. That, that is, seriously, that's what it is. It's elite fans of the podcast, people who have supported us through I like that. writing or financial donations or just coming on and 
being guests or whatever. Nice. It's just basically people like that. So it's just it's just really cool. All UK based as well. So okay, very good. I like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm going to write that down so I don't forget. Nice. <laughs> that, you can message me. <laughs> I will. I'll, I'll send you the link to the medium yeah. of modern technology. And then paper. What year is this? <laughs> Okay, Jacob, let's talk some 49ers. That's why you're here. Yes. So for those who haven't watched the 49ers that closely this season, what have been some of the things they maybe missed? Oh, uh, a stout run game. Uh, a team that has the ability to, to control the clock when they need to. Uh, but for me, I've th- the best part about this Niners team has been, has been the versatility. You know, th- it's a team where, if you if they are able to stop the run, as a few teams have done, you know the Cardinals did it. Um, the Saints, I suppose, didn't particularly stop the run, but the Niners were in a position where they needed to pass to keep up with them. Uh, it's a team where they've been able to do that, and they've been able to do a bit of everything. And it's been a much improved defense as well. I mean, I think they said fifty five sacks across regular and postseason. That's uh, every team that's had fifty five plus across those have always won the Super Bowl. So. Something like 14-0 or something like that. So there's been a great pass rush, a much improved defensive backfield, thankfully, because that was certainly the weak point I felt last season. Um, and just great coaching, great play calling. Um, the ability for players to get injured, I think the Niners have sent 18 players now to IR. And uh, when players were dropping out, there was people stepping up, you know, Joe Staley missed a couple of weeks. Mike McGlinchey missed a couple of weeks. There was a point where the Niners didn't have either starting tackles, Carl Juszczyk, they're missing D Ford, Quan Alexander, and people were able to step up. And for me, that says a lot about the coaching, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I'll be honest. I watched uh, the 49ers week one against the Buccaneers. Yeah. Uh, Jameis gifted you, uh, yeah. gifted you a dub. Not with one pick six, but with two. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was painful to. to <laughs> he started as he meant to go on, didn't he? Well, you say that he only threw five more in the other fifteen games. So. <laughs> it's an NFL record still. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you guys helped out, but it was. It, but I remember watching that game, and I, I I watched it, and I was like, there is something different about this team this year. I couldn't yeah. quite put my finger on it because I think you, you'll be. You'll be fair to say that the 49ers didn't play well in that game. They didn't play bad. No, that, that game kind of worried me. I know they got the, the they got the win, but yeah, I agree. It felt like they were kind of given the win. Yeah, yeah, because the run game wasn't wasn't happening, and we started to see the start of that that Tampa D. But Jimmy G, the one thing that impressed me in that game was Jimmy G because, and that that, that was when I was I knew that. Do I think he's a Hall of Fame quarterback? It's too early to say, even though he is twenty seven. But the one thing I liked about Jimmy G in that game is he never lost his cool. He just he just kept yeah. putting the ball in spots, kept the chains moving. And okay, it didn't, you know, George Kittle had a couple of TDs chalked off in that game for penalties. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that in that game, I started to think, this team isn't the four-win team of, of 2018. There's something different about them. And mm-hmm. then as they started to chalk up wins, I, I still remember the 49ers being 4-0. And still being yeah. talked about, well, yeah, haven't but they haven't anyone. really played anyone yet. Mm. And, you know, it's still only Jimmy G. And everyone kind of was like expecting, 
the 49ers to implode, then they got to 5-0. and Even at 8-0, and there were still those questions, really. Yeah, there really was. And I think it's amazing because the media have kind of painted this Super Bowl as, this is the one we always wanted. I was thinking, like... No, mm, yeah. <laughs> I distinctly remember at the bye week that no one was really talking about the 49ers as, yeah. as a contender. And it, I think that goes to show that you, when you... That, that that to me is coaching because you can put the flashy plays with the flashy players and the Chiefs I think are a great example of that. This I'm not the Chiefs are a great football team. You've got the MVP in the league, you've got mm-hmm. you've got splashy players who make big, big plays. Whereas with the 49ers, it just seemed to me that everybody stepped up. There wasn't a weak yeah. link in the chain. Every yes. time there was there was eleven men on the field, they all did their job. There's consistency. Yeah, that's yeah. what I, that's, I've, I've thought that about this team. And I think the Chiefs are kind of, not the opposite, but they're a bit more kind of star driven. Whereas I think there's less of a drop off between, you know, the number, the number one and the number two and the number three on the Niners. And that's probably shown up where well, I can't think of a game this season where the Niners just weren't in that game. And I don't think there's another team really in the league that's had that even you know the Ravens looked incredible they still had that week three or four game against Cleveland where they just weren't in it every single game's been close they've either blown the other team out or they've been in a close loss and so I think consistency is just a huge part of this team I thought the Chiefs were similar no yeah yeah I suppose I'm trying to think I can't remember who their losses were to be fair I mean they they lost a couple when Patrick Mahomes went down, but I don't remember the yes, game. Yeah, I suppose that's that's a bit different, isn't it? Yeah, when they've not got. A... I'm just looking at their losses. They lost by. They lost by three to the Titans. A touchdown to the, to the a touchdown to the Packers. Yeah, touchdown to the Texans and yeah. six and six. Yeah, so they they were only one score. Yeah, losses. they're in close games. Yeah, yeah, I'll give them that for sure. Yeah. That's why they're in the Super Bowl. Two very consistent teams. <laughs> yeah, it's there amazing what happens. Consistent, <laughs> obviously key then. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, if you lose, don't lose by a lot. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think there's something in that because I think if you if you lose a game, like you get blown out in a game mm-hmm. where you lose by 20, yeah. I think that does cause you to question what's going on. Yeah, Whereas, well, you can it... lose a game if it's a... You know, sometimes you can lose a game purely on possession. Yeah, or if you lose by a, a late last-minute field goal and you've lost by yeah. three that could have gone the other way, you like, head back to the locker room and be like, yeah, we've lost, but we were yeah. in it till the death. And, and, we and there's always one or two calls, isn't there, where you could yeah. go off, oh, we got that call, we would have won. Whereas I think yeah. when you lose by 20, the inquest starts. People mm-hmm. start to look in the room and go, well, you didn't do your job today. And you didn't do your job today. And then all of a sudden it starts to... Raise the temperatures. I mean, the Jags are notoriously good at that. Like, they'll they'll lose a couple of games and then the whole locker room just implodes. <laughs> so, I mean, we saw it when they were in London. They went and spent forty grand on a bar bill, and then the whole like that's all they just win. When they win, winning's easy in the sense of when you win, everyone's happy and everyone's you know smiling around. I think I go back to our Christmas episode where I was talking about the Forty ers because I I said that they would make the Super Bowl, and. I said the reason why is because they were battle-tested. Because you had that stretch around week 10, week 11, week 12, or was it mm-hmm. 9, 10, 11, where you played three um, three teams yeah. in a row 10, 11, with 12, over yeah. an 800 record. Yeah. Um, 
and you won two, lost one, lost one on the final possession of the game. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you don't get through that kind of stretch unless you're a very good football team. And I think yeah. that was when I was like, they've played the best in the league. They've yeah. played the best teams in the league. They've played the Ravens. Um, you know, they've, they've played Saints and Packers, the Saints yeah. and the Packers. So they've, they've played the best in the league. And the Hawks yeah. twice, don't forget. Yeah. Yeah. So that, and I mean, I'd, I'd have taken one and two out of those three games going into it. I remember thinking, if we come out of this with one win out of those, and uh, at least a close losses in the other two, I'd be pretty happy. Yeah. So to come out of that two and one, and that loss to basically be, yeah, the Ravens, I mean, they controlled time of possession for the final five minutes and kicked a field goal to win it. It's hard to be too upset with that. No, exactly that. And I think that that's what's key. And um, I think that was when I kind of knew that the 49ers were for real. Like it's seen progress through the season. I was like, no, this is, this is an outstanding football team. I guess the, the big question for for Sunday um, and something for me that I'm really keen to to understand with the 49ers is what happens if they take the run game away yeah. so if the if the Chiefs replicate what they did in the AFC title game and they reduce the Titans to under 100 yards rushing how how are, how are the 49ers going to respond to that yeah, uh, I mean, we've seen it a couple of times that um, where they have had to throw the ball and when they've had to do it, they, they have been able to do it. The only the only game that really worried me was the, the Seahawks loss when I think they registered like 12 drops or something like that and they still had the chance to, to win it. Um, I think when I was looking at it, they the, m- m- the Chiefs and the Niners have the same yards per attempt in terms of passing plays. So it's very much billed as kind of run game versus pass game and offense versus defense. But I think it kind of takes a little bit away from the Niners, really, in the fact that they've passed the ball. I mean, I'm not trying to say Jimmy G is Patrick Mahomes. He's not. But they don't need him to be, really, the way the game is set up. Um, but in terms of offense, they've they, they've outscored the, the Chiefs on the season and they've had the same kind of yards per attempt, which is normally kind of the, the main, the key stat when they're looking at at a at a passing attack, but I know a lot of that is set up from the play action. So, yeah, it'd be interesting if they just go right. Let's put it in Jimmy G's hands. I mean, we've seen it at that Saints game. Kyle Shanahan was almost doing, you know, he's driving me crazy because at one point they were two points up and he just kept throwing every play. And I was, I was a little bit worried he didn't know what the score was and he was trying to chase it because <laughs> at one point he was throwing a pass and then the guy ran out of bounds. I was like, what is going on? So uh, let's we'll, we'll see. I mean, you know, the thing with Kyle as well is. When something's working, he just he just sticks with it, and they saw that almost to his detriment in the Super Bowl a few years ago, where he just stuck with his aggressive offense, and and there was that crucial sack, and that was kind of the the, the beginning of the end for for the Falcons. But it'd be interesting to see this time, you know, if they get in that position and they do just start throwing the ball and it's working, how cautious does he go, or does he just stay aggressive? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've got two points on that. The first one being people see the chiefs as this all high superpower scoring offense and doesn't you know we'll give you a whole quarter and 25 points and then we'll turn it up on you and stuff but like you mentioned the 49ers have scored more than the chiefs in the season but they've gone about their business in a very business like way scoring mm-hmm. points wise and you think it doesn't come to mind when you think of san francisco it doesn't to me i don't think of them as putting up huge numbers on people but they've obviously well going by the stats got the, the ability to do so and then yeah. 
the Chiefs did take Derrick Henry and the Titans run game out of out of the game in, in their matchup, but their run game was Derrick Henry. It's slightly different to the Niners in the fact they have up, so many yeah, so many running backs. It, it, you know, if Derrick Henry's on the field, there's a good chance they're going to run it because he doesn't really get many receptions. Whereas if you've got one or two backs in the game yeah. as a ni- on Niners offense, they might not even run it. But the fact they've got two of them there, or if they do run it, who's going to have it? If there's a bit of play action, there's a lot more moving parts to the Shanahan offense than than the t- Tennessee Titans. And I think that will be slightly more in their favour when it comes to running the ball against the worst run defence in the league. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Just on the 49ers' offence, they only failed to score 20 points in two games all season. So one was what against was the Ravens. Terrible? And that okay, incredible... Yeah, yeah that incredible defence. And then the other one was the... The rainstorm. The, the monsoon bowl against the yeah. Redskins at, at FedEx, which was a 9 nothing game. Um <laughs> where everybody was just like, let's just get out of here. Um, <laughs> and the weather wasn't too good in that Ravens game either. It was That no. was pretty bad weather as well. So let's hope for sunshine. Both on the road. I mean, the lowest, I'm just looking now, and the lowest points I saw at home was 20 against the Rams, 24 against the Steelers, 24 against Seattle, which was a loss in overtime. Um, you got 37. The Rams one was on the road as well, I think. Uh, at home it was you're right, it was 3 31, yeah. So you only had the Falcons where you lost 29 22. Yeah, that was an awful game, yeah. Um, you know, so you only had a couple of games from home where you weren't scoring 30 points. So it's it is impressive, like what they have done this year on, on offense, and you know, fourth in fourth in points overall. Um, you know, it, it's a solid. Yeah, it's a solid team, and you know that's why they've they've made the Super Bowl, right? So, um, <laughs> yeah. but I, I I'm not liking this narrative of it's. I mean, I've used it a bit myself. Offense versus defense. I think it's the Chiefs' defense is better than people are giving credit, and the the 49ers' offense, as we've just discussed, is certainly yeah. better than people are giving credit for. I just think these are two good all round football teams. Where yes, okay, one team has an advantage in the other one over the other one, but I wouldn't say this is like. Classic offense versus classic defense. No, no, yeah, I would agree. So, seeing as it is the middle of the week, Super Bowl week coming up, let's talk some Super Bowl stuff, and we want to get you involved, Jacob. So, what okay. do the 49ers need to do to give them the advantage in Super Bowl? I think, I mean, it's it's crucial. I mean, it's, it feels like it's obvious to say, you know, third down in every game, but. Um, what the Niners do best for me is is their th- opposition third down conversion. They're very good on third down. Um, the tough thing this week is that the Chiefs don't let it get to third down very often. I think they only have 11 third downs a game, which puts them 31st in the league because uh, they're so good at converting on first and second. And I think if they can kind of force the Chiefs, and it seems weird to say force the Chiefs into just throwing because that's, what they want to do anyway. But when you look at their first down breakdown, the Chiefs are 50-50 run pass split. And so it's very different to when they played the Vikings, where the Vikings were about 80-20 split on their run pass on a, on a <laughs> on a first down. So I think if they can force them into the pass, and it's something the Niners have done so well, I mean, I think they're best in the league on their opponent's yards per attempt through the air. And kind of force them into that situation where they're constantly passing. It also gives the the pass rush a, a chance to to get after Mahomes. And he's not an easy guy to bring down. He's certainly very mobile. And we've had tr- our trouble with the mobile quarterbacks this year. But 
if they can get after him, send him four. The Niners don't blitz a lot. They like to send four because the four they send are so good. Then if they can be disciplined like they were last week against Rodgers, they didn't let him escape the pocket very often. They weren't getting too aggressive and rushing too far upfield and then getting caught on screens. If they can play disciplined like they did last week and get after Mahomes, then it hopefully won't give the speedsters so much time to beat the Niners over the top because the speed is what really worries me. You've got Tyreek Hill, Miko Hardman, Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robertson. They've all got in tremendous speed. And that's really what worries me. So if you can not let plays go four plus seconds, then I think they've got a really good chance to shut down. You're not going to stop the pass game, but you can certainly slow it down. Yeah. The only trouble with the the middle of the field once the speedsters do go over the top is you've got Travis Kelsey before. Yeah, they certainly do. Over. But I, I feel good about, I, I don't know why I, feel, I shouldn't, I don't feel like anyone should ever feel good about Travis Kelsey unless you play for the Kansas City Chiefs. But the Niners linebackers, I mean, they're such good coverage linebackers. The Niners have given up the fewest yards to tight ends this season. Um, and the Chiefs, on the other hand, you know, that's kind of been their weakness. So I'm hoping George Kittle can take advantage. But I think when I looked as well, I think all three Niners linebackers were in the top 15 coverage grades as well on, on PFF. And they've now got all three of them back. You know, Quan Alexander missed some time with a torn peck and he's come back this this uh, postseason. So with all three, hopefully they can keep him quiet, but he's certainly a beast. He might be one of those matchup proof guys. Well, that's me well and truly shut down. <laughs> <laughs> So at the start of the playoffs, when you were dreaming, obviously, about the Super Bowl, who was the one team in the AFC that you feared to get and why? Baltimore. Baltimore worried me because the teams that worried me, the teams that had done particularly well against us were teams with scrambling quarterbacks because there were so many times where it got to third down and the quarterback would just would just take it and run and we we weren't particularly good at recognising that quickly enough. And so... Yeah, the the part where they'd beaten us before, which didn't worry me too much because we mentioned it earlier. It was a close game. It came down to, you know, a time of possession thing where they controlled the clock and then kicked the winning field goal. But I mean, going into the playoffs, they just looked like they were a different class to everybody else, really. And he Lamar Jackson's ability to move with his legs was just basically what what worried me the most Same on the nfc side i mean they're not the best team in the nfc but seattle were a team that really worried me because russell wilson seems to be able to to do his thing against the niners doing a similar thing really yeah i i had the ravens playing the niners in the super bowl I think and a lot I, of people did, didn't they? Yeah, I just think <laughs> what, the, what the Ravens did in the season, I I didn't see them bowing out how they did in the playoffs. That was, was unbelievable, yeah. Yeah, absolutely madness. So, Jacob, let's pretend the shoe was on the other foot and you were a Chiefs fan. What weaknesses in the 49ers do you see that the Chiefs could possibly exploit? For me, the biggest weaknesses for the Niners is kind of similar to the Chiefs in their run defence. We've had such a good pass defence. The run defence hasn't been particularly good, but it's kind of been hidden a little bit because the Niners have been ahead in so many games that teams have had to go away from the run game and they've been forced to go play into the Niners' hands almost. So if the Chiefs can get ahead and they can start to run the ball, that's certainly kind of a week apart from the 49ers. They were obviously missing Quan Alexander, as I just mentioned, and him coming back does help that. But the run defense for me and the number, the other part is, is red zone defense. 
uh, I think I can't remember where they rank, but it's it's certainly in the bottom bottom five to ten in red zone defense. If you can get to the red zone against the 49ers, uh, a lot of teams do are able to turn that into six. And whether that's also because the run game is kind of more prevalent as well once you get down there, and that's their weakness, I'm not too sure. But if they can get down to the red zone, then it's they they're certainly uh, a team that can that can give you give you six points. So run D and and red zone defense, they're the two things I'm looking. I'd be looking to to try and get get advantage on. Nice. And then special teams. Which team do you think has the edge when it comes to special teams play? This is a tough one. It's a really tough one. They're, they've got two very good punters who don't have to punt all that often. To be fair, I think they have the second and third least amount of punts this season, but they they control the ball so well when they do have to punt. I believe between the two punters, uh, Colquitt and Wisnowski, they've only allowed five touchbacks all season between them. So when they do punt, you're either you, a lot of the time you're calling a fair catch inside your own twenty, etc. And so it probably comes down for me to the return game. I think both kickers are very good. Gold's not had his best season, but I think Buck has had a very good season. So they've maybe got the edge there, but the return game has probably got to go, got to, go to the Chiefs. That Miko Hardman is an absolute weapon with the ball in his hands. We've seen that this postseason. And sometimes, you know, for a punt, they might stick Tyreek Hill back there. And that's someone I never want to see with the ball in his hands. So I think they've probably got the edge there over Richie James on the Niners. Yeah, I, th- I think the f- I think the special teams uh, way it's going to line up is is fascinating because I think actually for me that's where the battle I I think could be won or lost. The mm. one thing that Forty Nineers have done really well this year is get really good starting position and restrict their opponent's starting position. Yes. So you, when you when you look at it, the the Forty Nineers are starting from um, their own thirty two on average. And, you know, they're making their opponents start from their own 26. Which, okay, yeah. it sounds like, okay, it's six yards. But actually, that's, a lot. that's six yards every drive. Yeah. So if you think that each team has nine drives, eight, nine drives a game, you know, you're talking about over 50 yards. And then you, you pile that up over the season. It's a huge advantage over time. And, and and also, it's another, it could be three plays for the offense to play against the defense. Yeah. And and then you and that's how you control the, the time of possession. But the the big difference for me is they have many options on on the return. But you know, James himself, he's had a couple of good runs this year. He's mm-hmm. broken away. I think I think you're right. You edge it to the 49ers. But I think if if the 49ers can just can keep that control of of the possession and and just put the ball deep. In fact, don't even allow the returns when there's a kickoff. Yeah, get it out of like, bounds. Just get it out of bounds. Just, let them have it from twenty-five every time. Don't give them. Don't give Hardman the opportunity to get into the game. Yeah, and then it's just punting. That's the only area that I think. Um, and what I would do is just sky it as high as you can. You might give a few off, but make them fair catch it. Yeah, or, or again, kick it out of bounds. Yeah, if you, if you can you know, do that. give them another ten yards, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, you got to be a bit careful with that. I think you know wow. too too many times in games you'll see punters try and go yeah. for. The, you know, get it inside the 10. It goes about 12 yards. And then let it roll. And then actually, yeah, if they don't get the trajectory on it, it returns yeah. and they get it right. So I think stick it up in the air. You might lose 5, 10 yards, but, yeah. you know, put you know them, rather than go for be... the 10, if you put them inside the 20 
that's, that's a good result. Yeah. Depending on where you are, of course. But, you know, you, I, I would just stick it up in the air. Don't allow them to just take the return game out of the game. And I think yeah. if the 49ers can do that, you know that they can make stops. They can make plays. Mahomes doesn't turn the ball over that much. But no. at the same point, you can fluster him if you give him – you don't give him his reads. You make things a little bit more difficult for him. If he ends up playing amazingly, then you have to just dock your cap and say he's an MVP. It, it happens. But yeah. you have to give yourself the fundamentals a chance to win. And I think that that's the area that the 49ers, for me, have to try and bridge that gap a little bit. And I think it's a very fascinating and important part of the game. 100%. Right, let's do some predictions. I'm going for the 49ers winning 27-3 at halftime and the Chiefs coming back to win by six. Oh. Why might change it? Okay. That was, you know, I was. There was a joke. I was a, <laughs> a halftime joke. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, Jacob, come and then your prediction. I'm going to go Niners 34, Chiefs 31. Ooh, nice little Robbie Gould field goal to finish it off. Oh, imagine that 31 all with a, a walk off field goal. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to do ours later in the week. Yeah, I do have one more. Okay. I have one more question before you're going to ask the final question, which is: Who do you think will be the Super Bowl MVP if that is the scoreline? That scoreline. So no, if if James predicted that, so yeah. who, who does he think the MVP is going to be? It's a very good question. Uh, I know who mine is. I really like the thought of George Kittle and. It's the first time I was think thinking earlier. This it's very rare that something like blocking would ever come into the conversation of who should be a Super Bowl MVP. But I could certainly see it being a really balanced game in terms of pass and rush. And if he can catch, you know, he can get a couple of touchdowns. And then normally, if that's the case, right, it goes to the quarterback, it goes to Jimmy. But if they can also rush in a couple, I think it could be the first time where they you just look at it and you go, right, there's only one player on this team that has contributed heavily to both facets of the game, the run and the pass. And there's so much talk about Kelsey, uh, Kelsey Kittle's blocking that I think it finally has the narrative where it could contribute to it. And that could be, a, that could be the, the thing that swings it for him. Well, no tight end has ever won the Super Bowl MVP. I know. just going to yeah. say that. Wait, Damn it. We <laughs> used that on the Lombardi Live podcast. That came out this week. I've been told it so many times this week. I'm like, it's always a first time. I, I told it to Will Gavin when, when <laughs> we were on that section of the well, Lombardi Live. If a tight end's ever going to do it, this is the game where they've got one or two this of the, the best one, chances, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Jacob. We got. We know you've got lots of packing to do because it's only two days. Well, a day. It's a day away. <laughs> yeah. Coming the final question: What will you do if the Forty ers manage to lift the Lombardi? I even. I, I wish I knew what what would happen if it does. You might find me somewhere down Miami Beach <laughs> <laughs> with not many clothes on on the beach, running around probably. <laughs> but who even knows? Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it's going to be a non-stop party, I imagine. So we can only dream. We can only hope. Uh, they've certainly got a good chance. But like you say, if Mahomes just plays unbelievable and you lose to him, yeah, if there's anyone I'd want to lose to, it's someone playing that well like that. He's, he's a great player. And um, that's what but, I said to you, isn't it, Murphy? I really want to see Mahomes win it. 
because yeah. I think he's he's so I I don't mind who wins it because um, I think both teams have got a, a really good. It's not as if somebody's playing the Patriots and you always want the person playing the Patriots yeah. to win it, regardless of who <laughs> it is. You know, I, fantasy-wise, I've got players on both teams. I think both teams offer something different to the game. And I said to Murph, oh, I really want Mahomes to win it. And then I thought, and Murph said, yeah, there's always time. He, he yeah. could win. I'd like him to win one, just not this year. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a fair, that's a fair comment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right, Jacob, why don't you uh, let Rush Nation know where they can find you on the interweb and, and all about your podcast. Yeah, you can find me on uh, on Twitter and Instagram at JBBFootball. I'll certainly be posting loads of stuff from my trip to Miami and to the Super Bowl, so should hopefully get some very interesting stuff on there. Uh, if you are a 49ers fan and want to follow the 49ers Brawl podcast, you can follow that on Twitter at 49ers Brawl. Uh, we've got a Super Bowl preview that went out yesterday yep. and we're hoping to get another shorter uh, last minute kind of preview once i'm out there hopefully kind of live in person uh so if you want to check that out then feel free to check that out on twitter as well you can find it on spotify spreaker apple podcasts all the all the usual places so uh yeah that's me perfect well jacob i've got my niners hat on for you today yeah we're giving you the hat trick ball for coming on third time lucky I just said I want my homes to win it, but like you said, <laughs> I want him to win one, but maybe maybe not this time, maybe next time. <laughs> yeah, maybe next year, unless the Niners go back to back. <laughs> yeah, but this is a vicious <laughs> circle. It's, it's never ending. But yeah. um, no, buddy, appreciate your time and I hope you enjoy yourself out there in Miami. Yeah, take lots of pictures. Um, tell the uh, around the NFL guys hello and uh, you know, make sure that they come back this year. And uh, yeah, Enjoy your chat with Will Gavin because you're going to see him, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, should uh, do. Yeah, my twin. <laughs> really? Me, me, Will, Gavin look very similar. I don't know how I think was. about it. <laughs> yeah, we. Yeah, it's quite. Fun. Yeah, I won't go into that. Now, but yeah. <laughs> we we look very similar. Basically, I I did once upon a time was in Waterloo Station and someone said Are you Will Gavin and I was like no but I do know who you're talking about but no that's not me. <laughs> There. Right, Jacob, this has been an absolute pleasure and we will have you back on in the off-season, no doubt. We've got more stories to talk about your trip. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate the time and, uh, and appreciate you, you keep having me on. Oh, mate, anytime, anytime. You're more than welcome within these hallowed walls, Murph. I'll catch you later in the week for Rush Nation. As always, don't forget, keep rushing. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 